Blog Talk Radio. Cannot justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. And the Meridian Event Center, located at 1500 11th Street North in Moorhead. They prepare fresh, made to order lunches and dinners for dine in, to go, or to take and bake. They're open 11 to 7, Monday through Friday, and can be reached at 218 512 0258. They're also on the web at brotherstable.com. The Meridian Event Center has room for up to 280 people, perfect for wedding parties, get-togethers, or concert events. More information is available on their website or also on their Facebook page. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNMZ, Holly Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Gentlemen, it is Monday night. It is a brand new year. We are on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we are live, ladies and gentlemen. And it's going to be another great year as we start 2022 off with a big bang. We have Granny Hulkster with us. How are you, Granny? Good to have you. I'm okay, and Happy New Year to everybody, all the listeners out there. We're glad you all are joining us tonight, wherever in the world you may be. And uh, we also have a special guest host with us tonight. We have uh, Matthias, who's joining us. How are you? Uh, living the dream, man. Cashing checks, snapping necks, working hard, hardly working. Doing what you got to do, man. Hi, well, Matthias. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Granny Hulkster? I'm hanging in there. I feel you there. Now, uh, we, uh, we'll get to our guest list here real quick, and then we'll uh, wait for our first guest to call, which will be in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, tonight we have a big show, uh, no exception. As always, we have Ashley A. Wrestler. We have Ronald Rossman. And we have Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer Chuck Salone. Uh, they're going to be joining us uh, in that order. And uh, as you know, uh, all of us... Uh, like uh, like having our guests on, and uh, unfortunately, Big Swing, of course, is uh, well. You know, he he's concentrating on running that bar he's got in New York, and uh, you know, we like to get him on more than once every uh, once every seven months. But uh, it is what it is, and we do understand that. So anyway, uh, we'll uh, proceed here. And uh, the interesting thing, uh, Grady, about Matthias 
is uh, both he and you have a common denominator. Both you guys have had um, run-ins with one uh, SJF, and uh, you know who I'm referring to. And, uh, oh, yes, Granny, unfortunately, what, I do. So one thing I would like J. to do. Fox. <laughs> right. One thing I would like to do one time is uh, if, uh, I'm still working on this with big November show, uh, oh, November, August show, and uh, I'm going to do what I can to get you out here, and uh, we'll uh, have you ringside uh, in the audience, of course, when Sylvester J. Fox comes out. Uh, a couple uh, guys I know have some of his old sunglasses that he left behind, and even one of his old golf clubs. So we're going to have you wearing his sunglasses and holding his golf club, waiting for him to come out. And uh, if he says anything to you, then I can. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Matthias. I mean, I have challenged Sylvester J. Fox to come on this show, and you know, but he has not accepted any grant of Granny's challenges. You know what? I think he is afraid of Granny as much as he's afraid of you. Absolutely. Who wouldn't be afraid of you or me? I mean, and, you know. Uh, uh, what we're going to do here real quick is so everybody, uh, uh, Matthias, uh, for those of you who uh, are regulars of the show, you know this, but uh, Matthias, did you know that you are now part of the Five Timers Club? Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, this is actually your fifth time on the show. Oh, yeah. And uh, I believe it's, well, it's obviously your first time in studio with us. but. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, give us a little background about yourself to so, uh, our new fans that are listening who might not know who you are. Give us a little background about yourself. Well, uh, basically, I'm a North Dakota boy, home and raised, born and raised, all that beautiful stuff. I was uh, tra- I was adopted at 10 months old, and I moved to Hazen, where I graduated, went to Bismarck State, where I got in the professional wrestling business, as well as my video production and radio and all that kind of stuff. So it is interesting being back on the radio live and that kind of thing. Brings me back to my old college days and been in the pro wrestling business ever since. Came to Fargo for a job. Been working up and down everywhere around Fargo, North Dakota. Got involved with the Fargo Invaders. And then I also got with the Windbreak where I'm working security. So right now I'm basically a pro wrestling football player, security guard, and beer truck driver here in Fargo, North Dakota. And, uh, you know, of course I know you from uh, the Invaders. And uh, what's interesting about uh, you playing for the Invaders is – and uh, you can admit this, and all, I, I won't be hurt by it. Well, I might be, but uh, you and I have been up and down the road on all the road trips hanging out, have we not? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, what are the highlights of some of those trips? Let's just talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, the highlights of the trips is just you're with, a, as the invaders, it's kind of like with every little, uh, like a team you're a part of, you're always considered a family. So you're just basically just having a little family reunion on a bus, traveling to a game, doing something you love, being a part of a team you're proud of. And then usually, like, on the road trips back home where you're, you know, if you bring a little alcohol on the bus, the teammates are having some shots, and, you know, we're talking about the game or or whatever, or some people are just relaxing, going to sleep. I remember when we won the championship. Uh, back Nobody in, slept. <clears throat> nobody slept at all on the bus ride. Uh, back in 2019, we won the Northern Elite Football League championship. We beat the Sioux City, Sioux City Stampede for the first time in team history, and we won. So we decided, well, everybody's going to get some liquor, and we're going to travel the how-many-hours bus back ride and just get completely plastered holding the trophy. So Now, you are going to come back for the Invaders again this season, aren't you? 
Well, the plan currently is I'm up and down with it. I want to. I definitely want to be a part of the Invaders again. But with my wrestling that I'm trying to be more focused on and get to more states like I've been booked and stuff like that, I'm just trying to to manage it out. So I'm thinking I might be playing for the Invaders, but I may not be a main component on the offensive line like I was the past couple of years. Well, you know, and a couple times this year uh, we've – uh, a couple times for last season, uh, and I'm proud to say that I was uh, awarded a elite volunteer, uh, and I do appreciate the uh, all the invaders. Uh, they've actually made me uh, a two-time champion. I have two championship rings, and uh, not that anybody cares, but uh, I actually have three championships to my forte. Uh, I was on the 1994 Fargo South Bruins Girls Basketball Championship team, and uh, I was on two invader teams. I mean, I'm proud of this fact that I am the only male in the history of North Dakota to letter four times in girls basketball. Uh, I can see it. And, uh, of course, things have changed a lot since then. That's back when um, the women, the women, the girls used to play in the fall and the the boys used to play in the winter. Now the girls and boys both play in the winter. So uh, all the uh, film games I filmed back then, 500-plus, uh, that record will never be touched because – the seasons aren't split anymore. So uh, I'm actually proud of that fact. Uh, but enough about me. Let's go back to Granny. That's a uh, that, that rhymes there, in case you guys didn't catch that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Granny, I, I know you're probably a little bummed out that – is that me? Uh, I, I know that you're probably a little bummed out that uh, your Chiefs uh, did not uh, were not victorious this well, weekend. Well, you know, we're still in first place, and I think, if I understand all this right, I know the Titans won yesterday, so right now I think they're possibly holding the number one seed position. But you know what? If we can beat Denver and the Titans lose Sunday – I think maybe Kansas City can get that number one seed back, but we are we did clinch the AFC Western Division Championship, so we are going to be in the playoffs again, you know. And if we don't get the number one seed, hey, you know that's okay. I mean, I have faith in my in my boys. I mean, win or lose, I will always support my Kansas City Chiefs. Just being said, and, I'm uh, not one of these bandwagon fans that you know talk trash about them when they lose. I mean, I support them any way I can. And uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, my uh, my team is uh, no longer uh, in the playoff picture. Uh, the Vikings were eliminated, and uh, I have a feeling that there's probably going to be a nice coasting change or two on the, on the horizon. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Uh, and uh, Matthias, I believe uh, I think I believe you're a Viking fan too. Are you not? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Uh, but here's the way I look at it. I am a Vikings fan, but I still have I still have the Invaders that uh, bring me victories, and I still have the NDSU Bison who will be going for their ninth uh, FCS championship uh, Saturday, and uh, um, we'll be talking about that probably Monday when the boys bring the trophy home. And of course, uh, you know we we know Granny that uh, you're not a Raiders fan, even though um, definitely not. Even though Big Swing thinks that you are. <laughs> well, Big Swing can Touchdown! take what you want. Raiders. Ugly B. 
big swing, very ugly, very, very ugly. You, you, you just don't even play that awful clip, okay? <laughs> Where did I put my phone? Uh, hold on one. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. Uh, I think our first guest is on. I just got to check to see what her call-in number is, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, um, you know, Matthias, the last uh, event that uh, I was at, and I'm still trying to, I, I still have a word out. If anybody can uh, return your spinner, yeah. uh, uh, with safekeeping, no questions asked, uh, we're still working on that. Uh, tell us real quick how you lost that again while I'm waiting to get our next guest on. So I was, uh, I was involved with the PWA first ever show, and uh, it was called Immortal. I helped build that show and get everything going. Well, I had this gold chain with a very beautiful spinning uh, dollar sign piece that was attached to it. I went out to the ring for a rumble match. I took it off. Everything would seem to be fine. Nobody touched it or anything. I got it to the back. Well, then I was involved in a couple other segments where I beat the absolute hell out of my opponent or my rival at the time, El Machismo, who has yet to fire back at me. And then all of a sudden he called me out, uh, unbeknownst to him, at the end of the show, where I got into a brawl with him. I climbed into the ring and started pounding on him. Well, my chain fell off of my neck, unbeknownst to me, and the dollar piece part uh, fell off. And somebody went under the ring or somewhere and stole it. So now I've been waiting for my centerpiece. I'm even wearing the chain right now. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that centerpiece back. Since I came on here, I'm like, I gotta wear the. I gotta wear the chain to let people know that I'm holding. I'm still waiting for that piece. All right, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we go on. But uh, our first guest is on. We'll go to them <coughs> right after our message from our sponsor. Give us about sixty seconds. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost. And it's as little as ten dollars a month. And we do have an assignment for you right now. If you go to our Off the Rose page on Facebook, you go to uh, Ken's FM page. You like that? You like the Off the Rose page? And you do a ten dollar a month donation uh, to Ken's FM. We will definitely uh, get you qualified to uh, win an autograph from a future guest, a past guest, or a current guest. And uh, we'll. Uh, that's your assignment. So as soon as you do that, as soon as we get a report that uh, uh, everything has been complete, uh, we'll get you uh, we'll get you entered. And that uh, giveaway is coming up in the next uh, few weeks. But in the meantime, let's go to our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to enter the ring with us right now. 
She is the AAW. She is Ashley A. Wrestler. Hey, um, this is All Natural Ashley, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and most importantly, Granny Hawker. Well, there you go, Granny. You got a plug. Uh, so here, so here's what here's what we're gonna do here. Uh, I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But before we start there, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have a little fun with the interview. All right. Um, my name is my my real name is Ashley Bensel. Um I've been in the independent wrestling scene for almost ten years now. Um, started training almost 10 years ago, made my debut about, uh, maybe a year after that on my first show, um, wrestled under several names. Um, I wrestled for the longest as Ashley America and I recently changed it to All Natural Ashley. All right. Uh, so uh, your real name is not wrestler. That that, that actually uh, that actually hurts me because I thought that was your real name and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, oh, we'll, we'll proceed. Yeah. No, um, I tried. I've been trying to get away from the Ashley America, and you know, Facebook. It's supposed to be a real last name, like a real name, and it wouldn't let me put in all natural Ashley. So that was the best thing that I could come up with at the time, but yeah. Well, that, well that's, that's that's cool. Uh, Ashley Russell is our guest here, and uh, we have about uh, 28 minutes here with Ashley. Uh, so, now, you mentioned that, um, you know, you, you've, been, uh, you've been in the business for 10 years. How many different companies have you worked for since you've been in the business? You no, know, I, I never really kept track, but quite a few. And, uh, um, yeah. Have you won any titles for any of those companies? I have never won a title, no. Well, uh, does uh, you think that will change in 2022? Um, I don't know. I hope so. I'm hoping to do some more winning, winning than I usually do. So with your wrestling style, do you uh, – are you a uh, high flyer like a Rey Mysterio? Are you a, a technical wrestler like a Bret Hart? Or are you more of a brawler like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? Um, I I prefer technical wrestling, but you know, you kind of have to have a technical opponent in order to pull that off. So um, I I adapt to my surroundings and I use a little bit of everything, but. Um, Technical wrestling is definitely my favorite. So basically, uh, you're, uh, you know, when you're wrestling, everybody knows that, uh, you know, you're, everybody knows that, uh, you know, you, uh, you guys are dance partners in the ring and you're telling a story. So if uh, one partner is stepping on the other uh, performer's toes, it just doesn't work. We, and we all know this and uh, our, uh, our, special co-host will ask a few questions about that in a little bit. 
But when you're when you are wrestling, are you uh, considering yourself a babyface, a heel, an in between? Are you more of a crowd individual? I'm generally booked as a babyface. Um, I'm hoping to branch out into the heel realm a little bit this year, but generally, um, I'm a babyface. I think. Having the name Ashley America, even though I never did a patriotic character, really um, put me in the position to be in the babyface role a lot. So part of the reason why I changed it, but, yeah. All right, well, uh, I'm going to introduce you to, uh, uh, we have uh, Granny Hoekster on my right, and we have Matthias on my left here. So uh, we'll bring Granny on. Uh, usually it's a lot more interesting when uh, our guest is a heel, but since you're a baby face, she'll probably be more nicer to you than most. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Ashley, a wrestler, we have 25 minutes. Go ahead. Hi, Granny. Granny, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Well, welcome to the show tonight, and I'm glad you all are here because I'm glad you're a baby face because Granny does not like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to. So I would definitely be in your corner. Somebody's got to put those dirts in their place, Granny. I'm glad it's you. That's right, and that's that's me. And that's me because I... um, uh, like I said, I I I have I'm not your average wrestling fan. I I really like to interact with the wrestlers, you know, and and talk smack to the bad guys when I have to. So my question to you is, if you had any kind of dream match, what kind of dream match would you want, and who would you want your opponent to be? Any kind of dream match. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it's hard to choose this one. Um, you know, I'm yeah, you can give a couple examples. One. You can give a couple examples. So, okay. I mean, anything on TV would be pretty great. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what. I I I would love to see you uh, and uh, Charlotte Flair have a match. I you know I. Uh, you know, you guys uh, have a similar build and you have similar looks. Of course, uh, you know, uh, okay, you've been on yeah. the show and, uh, um, you know, Charlotte Flair won't ever uh, come close, but her brother-in-law has been on the show several times. But, uh, you know, um, how, do you, how do you think you'd match up against someone like Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch? Um, I think that would be amazing. Uh, you know, Charlotte Flair's real name is actually Ashley also. So I feel like Ashley versus Ashley would be pretty um, amazing. Um, Yeah, I mean, when you're working with someone of that caliber, it's going to be easy, you know? It's going to be amazing, and you can do a lot with a little, so... And for those of you who uh, have not uh, seen Ashley uh, ever, uh, she's got uh, you know she's got a uh, she's got a great look, and uh, in, in a way she kind of reminds me of Alondra Blaze a little bit uh, in her look and her style and her build. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I don't know if you like that comparison or not, but uh, you know. All the compliments. And, uh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. And I I, I really sh- I guess up. 
Well, yeah, you're probably not going to like this either, but in a way she looks a little, uh, a younger version, a younger version of Betty White. Now, not the, you know, but, uh, you know, the the way that she smiles reminds me a lot of Betty White. I know you don't like that comparison, but I'm, for our listeners, I'm trying to give a little visual aid. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up young Betty White right now. <laughs> I thought maybe she would have hung up, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Ashley Russ is no. our guest here. We have uh, we have 22 minutes. Uh, I'm going to bring on our uh, our second co-host. Uh, he's a wrestler himself, uh, and his name is Matthias, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, he's a he's a brawler himself. So what do you have for our guest, uh, Matthias? Uh, go ahead. Well, first off, I'm not really. I mean, I'm a brawler, but I'm also a powerhouse. I'm more of the power guy in the ring. So, you know, kind of hype me up a little bit better there. I'm a heel. I deserve to be hyped up a little bit better than that. But anyway, uh, for my guest wow. host or my guest here, I have a quick question for you. Um, while working in the independence, I have noticed because where companies I've worked for, they haven't had many uh, female wrestlers come on and do battles. But when I have. I haven't really seen many uh, female-to-female um, action in the ring, so my question for you is, do you have more of a female opponents, or would you say you've wrestled more male opponents? I have done... I think I probably have had more um, female opponents overall. Okay. Because usually, because the companies I've worked for, they've always had a... They've never had two females on at the same time, so it's always been a, a female-to-male uh, kind of thing where they wanted to do that kind of perspective. So that's why that's what I was kind of questioning. So, Where do you um, – what region are you in? I'm in North Dakota. I do the um, EWI. I go all over North Dakota, but I'm trying to get to more different states uh, in this year of 2022. Yeah, actually, we would like to try and get you down think... here in North Dakota. That would be that again? awesome. I'd love that. It's really pretty out there, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah, yeah the beauty stuff. is there. Except, yeah, we have the – my favorite part of North Dakota is the uh, the Badlands where they've got near Medora. It's just this huge um, area of mountains and hills that's very beautiful. But I also have to make a quick Ooh. comment. Since you since you had mentioned that uh, you're um, – that Ashley versus Ashley match, I was thinking if we could, it would have been awesome to see a triple A, triple threat match between you, Charlotte Flair, and Ashley Mazzaro. I thought about that. Aww. Got to be nice awesome. every once in a while. Yeah. That, that would be cool. Uh, Ashley Russell's our guest here. we got about uh, 20 minutes. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you a few tougher questions here. Uh, the first one is, uh, and like I say, we won't talk about it too much because it's still depressing, but, uh, you know, we went through COVID last year and we're, it's rearing its ugly head again, but how did that affect your career and what you were doing in your area? Well, I really did not do much of anything at all. Um, I work in the film industry, and we have very strict regulations, which is good because, you know, we're working with unmasked actors on set, and we get tested usually two to three times a week. So I just had to be really careful because we're kind of, like, expected to exist in a bubble and... I've had to be responsible and make decisions in that regard. And um, so, yeah, I, I, 
I was doing one or two shows a month for a little while. Kind of dropped back off now because I also have an 89-year-old grandmother who is on hospice care and, you know... Well, you know, we definitely uh, we we definitely want to send out good well wishes for your grandma. Of course, we all we all love our Thank grandmas, you. and for the, for those that have them, and of course, I, I lost mine best. in '99, and I miss mine, you know. And uh, I I remember uh, she was actually one of the few people that uh, that actually encouraged me to go on the radio. Uh, everybody said, "Hey, you'll never make it." Well, <laughs> apparently, they were wrong. Uh, Ashley, uh, Ashley Russell, I guess, here got <laughs> we got about 18 minutes. Now, um, with uh, with that being said, now what um, what what's your calendar look like in 2022? How many uh, how many shows do you plan on doing in 2022? I mean, I'm definitely open to doing more after the spring. Um, I'm hoping that the COVID trends will follow what happened in South Africa with Omicron, where it kind of dropped off after a few weeks. So um, I had a few dates in January, and I decided that it would be best to not do them. Um, My main reason being I want to be able to see my grandma as much as I can and cheer her up and enjoy her company. So um, uh, we will see. We'll see what happens with, the COVID trends, but, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to be in a locker room and, you know, not everyone's getting tested, not everyone's wearing masks. And, uh, you know, if, if, yeah, you know, if we could get you uh, to uh, down, uh, down here to Fargo, uh, we have a couple of promotions here uh, that, uh, we, we'd like to hook you up with. We could get you down here, and uh, I can get you a good room rate at our uh, at the official hotel sponsor of Attitude Air Live, which is Woodspring Suites, uh, and we'll hear from them a little later. Now, my other question I like to ask Thank all independent you. wrestlers uh, that I uh, I always ask this because none of them ever puts it the same way. So I'll ask it to you. Two part question. Uh, we we unfortunately don't have Ring of Honor anymore because they shut their doors. We only have AEW and the WWE. So let's say that uh, one of them, one of the companies, actually approached you like at the end of one of your shows or contacted you and said, "Hey, you know, uh, we're having tryouts at such and such a day. Uh, we'd like you to uh, come out and uh, try that out." Uh, Two part question: One is that something you'd want to do? And two, when you get that big multi-million dollar contract, you won't big time us and still talk to us. <laughs> you mean, haven't even asked yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I would it's coming. love to do that. I would definitely love that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and no, I would not big time anybody. Do you have Do you have a preference you either way? I mean, you know, the the WWE. You know, they've uh, they've done a lot of. Uh, They've done a lot of cuts lately, and uh, Matthias, we'll talk a little bit about that a little later. But, uh, you know, with all the cuts that they're doing, uh, I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of independent uh, promotions that are going to have a lot of uh, wrestlers that they can choose from. Of course, most of these wrestlers won't make the same amount of money that they did before, but if if you're a wrestler and you don't have anything to fall back on, what else are you going to do, you know? 
uh, I know that you probably have like multiple degrees in, uh, I don't know, engineering and science, whatever, <laughs> but, uh, you know. It's, it's our what, education, uh, but, yeah, right. I do have one degree. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, your next your next few uh, months, you mentioned that you want to stay and take care of your grandma, and that's, that's understood. And uh, and what um, what is the one thing that you look forward to doing in the next uh, couple years <clears throat> of your career besides uh, besides wrestling? Do you would you want to get into being a promoter or uh, doing some ringside stuff, uh, doing um, refereeing? Any other aspects that you have in the business you want to do um, uh, as wrestling continues for you? Well, I I already kind of briefly mentioned this, but I work in the film industry, so um, I I have also about ten years of film and live event production production experience. I think it would be cool to run a show once or twice. Um, I have two big ideas that I'd really love to do. One would be Sadie Hawkins dance, which would be. Um, a show where the female opponent challenges her male opponent, like literally she picks who she wants to wrestle. And you now it seemed like the high school dance, the Sadie Hawkins dance where the girls ask the guys. And the other one would be hardcore Christmas where the main event um, is a hardcore Christmas decoration match. And you now it would just be, a really um, theatrical Christmas-themed show. Uh, so I think it'd be cool to have those two shows. Other than that, I mean, I I truly, really just want to wrestle uh, in wrestling. Like, I, ha- I have a lot of interest outside of wrestling. I'm an artist. Um, I do yoga. I want to become a yoga teacher on the side. And I do... Um, set dressing in the film industry. I do art department on television so, shows and movies and commercials and stuff like that. So I'm pretty happy with so so you, uh, so you so you do the sets. Uh, have, uh, can you uh, tell us uh, what uh, what shows that you've uh, worked on? Yeah. Um, the first show I ever worked on was House of Cards. Um, here in Baltimore, I had no idea that there was um, a film industry here, and it was something I was always interested in, and I literally just fell into the opportunity to do it. So that was my first one, and then I worked on Veep, which was the um, I think HBO show with Julia Louise Dreyfus. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a po- political themed comedy. Um, mm-hmm. I worked on Amish Mafia, which was a really bad fake reality show and um, <laughs> I've done a number of pickups I got to work on um, the second Wonder Woman movie in DC um, a lot of little like when something takes place in DC a lot of times it's not actually filmed there because it's really difficult and expensive to film there so the shows will come and shoot on location for a few days um, it's kind of like a tour of the monument. So, for example, this year, oh, man, I can't even remember. It all just blurs together. It's crazy. But um, 
Well, I do got to ask you. I did. I do got to ask up. you about being on. I do got to ask you about being on the Wonder Woman set. So uh, now you you did uh, you did the set set up, but did you get to uh, have a chance to meet uh, uh, you know Wonder Woman herself or uh, any of the other uh, actors or actresses on the film? No, um, I don't work on set. I work. We come in and do our work before. Hands. I mean, I will do some on-set stuff, but I'm really not a fan of working at that place because it's a lot of hurry up and wait. So, um, no, I didn't see any of the cast. But what I did see, I don't know if you remember the fight scene in the beginning of the movie in the mall. Yep. That's the part that we did here in D.C., well, part of it. And I got to see all of the performance rigging, so, like, all the wires and stuff that she flies around on. So that was really cool. So, uh, now, I, I just got to ask this. So you, you do the stuff beforehand, so you never, ever really get to uh, hang out with any of the actors or actresses, huh? That's uh, on any pro- That's pretty sad. I mean, it's not, like, it's, it's a professional environment, so it's not like, oh, we're just hanging out. Like, sometimes they're nice. Um, I worked on set on Beats, and a lot of the actors and actresses were pretty friendly. Like, um, we would hang out on the props truck afterwards, and even, like, like Julia and Hugh Laurie came and hung out on the props truck for one night, and, um, you know, Sam Richardson, and shoot, I can't think of his name. But anyway, you know, they were nice. Um, I got to go to a bar, and Robin Wright came when I was working on House of Cards, and she sang karaoke with like, a bunch of the girls. I watched her sing Space Girls with a bunch of the girls on the show. But, you know, not everybody wants to, like, talk to people or, you know. Well, you Especially know, in the, in the future. COVID, like, I worked, I worked on a show with Michael Keaton this year, too, called Dope Sick up on Hulu and he was very sequestered like he had his own little tent he wasn't around anybody because of you know COVID so well, yeah, but being very, able to, like separated off now well you know but being able to be on the set though with Batman is, is I mean I mean look you worked on the set with Wonder Woman you've been on the set where Batman was uh, you know that's pretty cool yeah, now, I mean, I'll I tell would, you what I would consider him more of a Beetlejuice personally but yeah <laughs> well well yeah well i'll tell you what though and, and our fans are this coming if you ever need a bodyguard okay uh, i'm i'm here for you just give me a call and uh hey 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 let's let, let's let the guy that's actually had security experience be the security guard all right let's let let's let me do that kind of job well well I okay you, you well see okay <laughs> i'll tell you what we'll 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 both we'll both be on security detail for you. He can stop a bullet once, and then I'll take over from there. That sounds good. <laughs> Ooh, who's after you got a little, me? You, you got a little. You got a little <laughs> more. Uh, Ashley Russell is our guest here, so our fans can check you out and see what you're doing. You got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Um, I have. For my my wrestling purposes, I've got a Facebook and a Twitter. My Facebook, even though 
Um, my name is All Natural Ashley. I wasn't able to make it that because it needs to be a real name. So I have a like page for All Natural Ashley, and my Facebook is Ashley Ashley A Wrestler. And then my Twitter um, is sadly I have to look at it. Yeah, it's just that All Natural Ashley at A L L N A T U R A S H L E Y. And uh, also, if you go on her Facebook page, uh, you'll find a, the cool collector's card that the icon made for uh, Ashley. What? I didn't even see that yet. Yeah, you did. It's posted on your it's posted on your Facebook page. The one where uh, I made with you when you're wearing the blue outfit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Well, yeah, you, you, you bruised my ego there a little bit. <laughs> That's kind of deserved. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Her, no, I just did. She did more heel work than she realized. There card. you go. Ashley wrestlers, are, yes, you forget about the 30 seconds. So I'll tell you what, Ashley, we do appreciate oh, you taking and, time and on your schedule. If you want to watch me wrestle, look up Ashley America on YouTube because there's not really anything under the other name yet. Well, uh, real quick here before we sign off with you, is there one match that you want to have fans gravitate towards that uh, you really would want them to check out first? Um, I really like the match that I had with Nick Sickens. Yeah. Ooh, I'll definitely it's check that out. Yeah, it's a two out of three uh, fall. Good one. All right. All right, Ashley Wrestlers, our guest here. We do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to be with us tonight, and uh, you've been awesome. We'd love to have you on again, especially if you, uh, if you, the next time you go on a movie or TV set, uh, you know, uh, you can come back yeah. on, and I can uh, find a way to uh, get on the set with you and uh, try and uh, launch my movie and TV career. Sounds good, and I definitely want to come out to North Dakota too and go hiking and wrestle. So. That'd be, that'd be right, sick. and then uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll definitely get you a uh, get you a good room rate at uh, our our sponsor. We're going to hear from them in a little bit. Uh, Woodspring Suites, uh, and I'll be in contact with you. I'll get you in contact with our two wrestling promotions, and we'll definitely get you out here. Awesome! Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Ashley. All right. Have a good night. Uh, all right, Ashley A. Wrestler, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like our uh, next guest is waiting the wings. Uh, we will be back in uh, 30 seconds, and uh, we'll go to that guest in about 30 seconds. Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And not that I have an ego or anything, but uh, you might recognize the voice for that co- uh, commercial. Uh, that, was, uh, that was actually Scott Helmrath that was doing that. Um, uh, I know the guy real well. He's a great guy. Uh, anyway, so it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, and we're going to bring him on right now. He's walking 
out of the green room and stepping, no, he's stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, and uh, he's a great producer of movies and films. He is the double R man himself. He is Ronald Rossman. <laughs> hey, this is Ron Rossman. You're listening to Attitude Era Live on 89.1. Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing and granny hulkster. How are you, Ron? Good to have you. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do here, like we do with everybody. Uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, have fun with the interview, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have some fun for the next, uh, well, next uh, 32 minutes before uh, a friend of yours uh, comes on next. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, as I said, my name is Ron Rossman. I'm a self-published sci-fi horror author um, and independent filmmaker. Um, I have three seasons of a vampire web series called The Dust Series that's available on Facebook and YouTube. And we recently um, wrote, directed, and produced my first feature-length fan film called uh, The Devil's Daughter, a Harlequin story that's doing fairly well on YouTube. We just won our 12th uh, film festival award, so really proud of that. And uh, it has some pretty good names in it. Neil Godbold from Nashville. We've got Rob Kellum, uh, Papa Stroh, Wrestling World. Uh, one of your future guests, Chuck Sloan, isn't it? He plays mm-hmm. Detective Eckhart. So um, really cool cast, really cool film. Um, we wanted to create something in the genre of what Joaquin Phoenix did with the Joker. And so we took the Harley Quinn character and... Uh, focused on, you know, domestic violence and abuse. Uh, and that was what shaped her to become the uh, villain that she uh, she is in the comics. And we took every incarnation of Harley. We research for two years, took every incarnation of Harley and kind of folded it up and, and built it into one amalgam that is our Harley in the film. So and, that's it in a uh, nutshell. Where- now, is is that uh, are you currently working on that movie, or is that in production, or are you gonna, when are you going to start production on that one? No, that's out. That w- that was released on November seventh on YouTube, um, so it's available for free. It's a three hour movie, so it's our own Snyder cut, um, but it is free on YouTube. We just got um, put on uh, Firestick, Amazon Firestick through Dominus TV, so it's available on Firestick as well, and uh, we are showing it at various um, cons and film festivals. Uh, nationwide. In fact, internationally, we just won uh, for Best Actress the uh, uh, International Cons uh, Film Festival. We were also an official selection for their finals. So, really proud of that. Um, Paris. And uh, for those of you guys, okay, and then for those of you guys who have never seen uh, uh, Mr. Rossman, uh, he he looks a lot like... uh, uh, well, he's got the Elvis hairstyle, which is awesome. He's got Elvis <laughs> hair, and we we love that. Uh, and uh, he actually looks like Ricky Nelson, so that's that's just me. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll talk about your uh, future projects, and uh, I'm going to try and get a job here uh, before the show's <laughs> over. But uh, anyway, so uh, now you uh, you know you mentioned that uh, you you're an author, and you got a, a project out now. Uh, when you uh, do a project that goes direct to, uh, like, Roku or Amazon Stick or anything, uh, and I, I'll understand if you can't talk about this, but as a director, when it goes to one of those formats, how do you make your your production cost back? 
You don't. Um, right now, I'm not. <laughs> so both uh, the Dust series and um, the uh, Harley Quinn film were self-funded. Now, series, we did have a distributor for a while called Avail TV. They've had some some difficulties, so that's a, that's a series we can monetize. We just haven't reached that point yet. With a licensed product, when you're doing a fan film, you cannot in any way, shape, or form make any money off of that film because obviously that's a, a trademark infringement. So a fan film is an homage to the, uh, the source material, which is owned by Warner Brothers DC. So what we did instead is we used the film to raise money for uh, victims of domestic violence, uh, families that have been displaced due to dis- domestic violence through, a, a, uh, through an organization called GraciousHandsTransitionalHousing.org. And any money that we receive from the film, we've done a couple fundraisers and so forth, that goes to Gracious Hands. Um, and they've placed, uh, I believe, close to 250 families successfully. And what they do is uh, when a woman is being uh, dis- uh, misplaced and she has to find shelter, they bring them in and they're able to not only find safety, but rebuild their credit. They get counseling. Their kids get counseling. Uh, they get um, uh, counseling about uh, life coaching as well so that they can leave that home successful. And I firsthand visit the facility, and it's amazing. It's an amazing home environment for these, these women to kind of rebuild their lives, and it's inspiring. And that's the real superhero is Sonia and her team at Gracious Hands Judicial Housing. So uh, that's what we've been doing with that film. Hopefully, Dusk will eventually be able to monetize. It's very difficult to find a distributor. It's very difficult to break into uh, the mainstream. And that's why um, the film festivals help, because the more exposure you get through those festivals, the more you have a chance of uh, raising funds to, to make your next project, to be recognized as a quality, credible director, or writer, producer, actor, etc. Uh, Ron Rossman's our guest here. We've got about uh, 27 minutes here. Now, uh, you know, I would, you know, I uh, I know a lot of the uh, film festival uh, individuals that work here uh, uh, in uh, my hometown of Fargo, North Dakota. Maybe uh, uh, we can get you hooked up with them, and uh, you know, you could uh, uh, come down to Fargo and uh, uh, show some of your projects here, and. Uh, and that'll tie into me trying to get a, a job with you here in a little while. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, before we go to that, I want to introduce you to my co-host. i got Granny Hawks on my left, and I have uh, Matthias on my right. We'll bring on Granny first. Uh, Granny, we have our guest, Ross Rossman. Go ahead. Well, hello. Welcome to our show. You know, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned The Devil's Daughter because Granny Hulkster is very good friends with Papa Stro, Rob Kellum. Yeah, pa- so, uh, Papa, Papa Stro has been in two of my productions. He's in the Dust series. He plays the chief, which is basically uh, I, death in disguise. And then he's, he's Dr. Jeremiah Arkham on The Devil's Daughter. So he's phenomenal. Yeah, I remember him talking about the other one, too, as well. So I find that quite interesting. Uh, Rob is an absolute awesome guy i mean i i have been i have been on his podcast and i've been well, i've been on his a couple of different podcasts that he does um um on tuesday nights and then when he does his wcw retro on thursday nights i call in sometimes 
to his podcasts there. I've I've never actually gotten to meet him in person, but I'm very familiar with who he is when he wrestled for WCW back in the day and, you know, and everything. So he's really, he's become a really good friend of mine. And so, um, so that was, you know, awesome movies. I'm just, you know, they were just absolutely amazing. So what is the most, Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of a really good question to ask that hasn't already been asked, you know, because, I mean, I like, you know, movies, you know, especially the kind of movie, you know, like The Devil's Daughter. I, You know, I kind of like movies like that, you know, and everything. And I was, you know, like a big Batman fan, you know, and everything. I like the Batman movies, you know, so I'm very familiar with the Harley Quinn character, you know, and um, what is the most exciting thing about you know, producing movies and, you know, doing kind of movies like what you, the kind of movies that you all do. What's the most interesting thing about it that you've come across in your career? Uh, the most interesting for me is watching the actors bring the characters to life. Um, and Rob's a prime example that he is the, as you said, the nicest guy you've met. I've never met a more humble legend in my life. Rob is the most genuine, caring sincere individual there's no one like rob and uh when he when i uh, when we got him for dusk it was completely by accident i mean i had met him on at several cons i was in awe of him i'd seen him growing up i was familiar with his character the maestro uh, when he was with wcw um and Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when he when he um when 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 uh, one of his friends came up to me and said, you know, Rob might be interested in, in being part of your production. Why don't you go talk to him? I'm like, there's no way this guy's gonna want to be in some web series. And Rob jumped at it and just turned the character around and made it so incredible. Uh, the actor we had before was good. He was more of a comedic element. Rob added this sinister, deep, uh, gruff really cool element. Made him a kind of this really amazing anti-hero. Um, and then with Dr. Jeremiah Arkham, he kind of, you know, with Rob, you just say, here's the character, Rob, here's the script, and you let him go. And he mm-hmm. does something amazing. And so for me, as a writer, uh, you write these characters and you have a visual of what you want them to do. And then when you hand them to director, I mean, to an actor, it's kind of hard because you're giving your child to someone else. Kind of like when you're mm-hmm. having your kids babysit for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, watching the actors kind of take ownership of that and kind of bring to life that character in their own unique way is incredibly exciting. It's like watching life spawn from nothing. It's, it's, it's really, uh, really cool. So for me, that's the most exciting part. Um, in the creative process, the two highlights for me are the, 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 the storyboarding of it at first, you know, the actual coming up with the idea building it together, you know, getting the, the, the treatment ready, then, then moving the script, that's all exciting. Everything in the middle is crap because you have to do the rewrites and all the logistics and, yeah. and the nightmare. And then when you produce the film, it's all the, the numbers and the business of it, which I've been managing for 30 years, so I'm used to that kind of thing. And then when you see the finished product um, and you watch it on screen, that's a highlight. So the beginning and the end for me are the two biggest highlights. Everything in the middle is fun, but it's, it's the hardest part of the work seeing the results of the work and also seeing the, the, the birthing of the work to me are the, the two best things, but watching performers bring stuff to life. I, I have to be careful because sometimes I'm behind the camera and I begin to, to become part of the audience instead of the cameraman. 
and I have to be very careful mm-hmm. about it because I'll be in awe of, of some of their performances. Um, Rob Absolutely. did a lot of stunt, Yeah, it's it's very easy. And Rob did stunt choreography. He was their stunt director, and he directed one of the fight scenes between um, Barbara Gordon, our Barbara Gordon, the Commissioner Gordon character, and this character called Jane Doe, which is this serial killer who is in Arkham. And he did the whole scene, and it it's incredible. It was it was a pleasure to film, and it looked real. It looked gritty. It looked authentic. It looked like two women who were battling it out. And uh, they did. The girls did a great job because they trusted Rob. And Rob looks at safety. He looks at ability. He makes sure he sets the 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 action to match the capability of the actor. He's just a genius when it comes to that. So he was a real blessing to have every step of the way. Oh, yeah. Well, I love listening to Rob talk because, like I said, he's got that deep voice. And I just love, I mean, I just love, you know, being on a podcast with him. I know one night I called into WC Retro, and it was just me and and Rob. I mean, nobody else called in, and we basically did the two-hour show, just the two of us. And that was so much fun for me because I, being the wrestling fan that I am, you know, and everything, and you know, and I've been a wrestling fan for a long time. I'm, I'm not just your average wrestling fan because I, and I especially love the independent shows because I can get really a- interact with the wrestlers, especially the bad guys, because I don't like the bad guys. So they holler at me, they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip, or <laughs> don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? And I get in right back in their face and say, well. If you think you're man enough to come make me sit down and shut up, big boy, you know, why don't you, you know, why don't you show me what you got? Why don't you do it? And I remember one time I was at a wrestling show and Cowboy Bob Orton, he, of course, he was, he's usually the bad guy. And, and he just stops in the middle of a match and just comes out to the corner and stomps his foot and puts his hands on his his hips and he starts shaking his finger at me. He says, Granny, I thought we were friends. I said, We are. He says, Well why are you booing me? I said, Because you're being a bad boy right now, Bob. I don't like the way you're acting <laughs> And I, <laughs> I just totally threw him off for a loop because he didn't know what to expect, you know. But yeah, Rob is absolutely absolutely amazing. I you know, I just I, I love he, he he's awesome at what he does. I mean, everything that he does. He is so talented. He has so much talent because he's done so many wonderful things in his career. I mean, he he's absolutely amazing. He uh, is. Ron and, you know, you talk about uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ron Rossman's our guest here. We've got about 18 minutes. Uh, we just got to take a quick little time out here. We've got to pay a, uh, pay a little legal bill, and then we'll be back to uh, – you can finish your thought on that. Okay, Ron? Yes, sir. All right. Australian music is found a home in Minnesota and North Dakota. Tune in every Sunday between 4 and 6 p.m. for the download with Jess. That's me. I'm your resident Aussie DJ, bringing you the best new, old, and amazing independent Australian music. I look forward to your company, 4 to 6 p.m. Sunday, right here on 89.1 KNNZ, Ken's FM, Hawley, Fargo, Moorhead. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. 
And we are back here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We have uh, Ron Rossman as our guest here. we got about uh, 17 minutes. Uh, Ron, I want to introduce you to uh, our other co-host here. Uh, he's, a, he's a big boy, uh, and uh, he's always looking uh, to do security uh, for a famous star like yourself. So we'll, we'll, we'll have him ask a few questions. We have Matthias. Go ahead. What do you got, buddy? All right, well, first off, I just wanted to quickly mention how Granny was talking about the heels and stuff, how she likes to talk. Well, as you say, the kitten's got claws. Well, apparently Granny's got some gum, so you know what I mean, with her dentures and all that. But anyway, I like to talk a little smack. But I just wanted to quickly ask you a couple of questions here. So as we, as you kind of mentioned in your introduction, you're a director, you've been a writer, you've been a producer, actor, editor, all that kind of stuff. Um if you could choose any kind of role, like if, if you would rather be behind the camera or in front, of cam- in front of the camera, which one would you choose more? And then if you had the choice between working with an actor or a certain director or something like that, who would you pick and why? Oh, uh, excellent question. So I would much rather be behind the, cam- um, behind the camera. I, I, I'm actually in front of the camera in, 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 uh, in dusk. Um, I do it. Um, I enjoy the character, but I much prefer – to be behind uh, the camera, directing, writing, producing, editing. Uh, that's my mm-hmm. love. Um, I've always had a face for radio and a voice for TV. So um, it worked yeah. out well for me that way. Um, if I was ever to work with an actor, it would be Michael Keaton, um, okay. without a doubt. Um, uh, I fell in love with him when he did Batman. Um, it changed mm-hmm. my life. He actually saved my life, story for another time. Um, and so um, I would love to work with him because he's the everyman actor, very much in the vein of, of Jimmy Stewart. Uh, so okay. I think if he, I think if you gave him a meaty role, he could knock it out of the park. Another another actor I would love to work with is Keanu Reeves. I think Keanu Reeves just has this authenticity mm-hmm. to him that's just uh, absolutely um, engaging and enticing. I don't, even if he makes a film that's not great, he somehow makes it great or watchable or enjoyable. Yeah, you just got that kind of talent, you know, to make it look good, even though everyone else thinks it's bad. It's kind of like me in the ring. Everybody uh, thinks the match is good, but the only reason that they think it's good is because, you know, I'm putting on quite a excellent performance, as they would say. <laughs> but um, I was going to mention here, and I completely forgot what I was about to say. Actually, I do remember. Um, I kind of know where you're coming from from being behind the camera. I did uh, our news show back in uh, at Bismarck State. I was in front of the camera and behind the camera. I was the uh, the director and I seem to find more success behind the camera than I would in front of the camera, which got me up to news here in Fargo. So I kind of agree with you there where you're like to be more of the uh, editor, producer, the shooter, that kind of thing. That was one of my favorite things to do as well. Yeah. just, uh, it's much more creativity. I mean, acting is phenomenal. Uh, but, uh, for me to be able to shoot the scene properly and make sure the sound is right, the lighting is right. Uh, capturing the angles that you want to capture so that when you get to the editing portion, not a completed scene that has all the different perspectives. That to me is very exciting. It's, it's kind of the, the fuel that drives me. Absolutely. And then you kind of mentioned you were a sci-fi and horror. Um, you've been mostly working in that kind of stuff. If you could move to any other genre of like film or show or whatever, uh, which one would you more like to adventure into? Westerns. There, uh, fortunately, it's the, the least selling item, but I grew up on Westerns. Um, it was the okay. only thing that me and my father could connect on. And so mm-hmm. I grew up with Marshall Dillon, the gun, uh, gun smoke, uh, the rifleman Bonanza. Um, okay. one of my favorite movies of all time is tombstone. So, you know, if, if, if that 
ever return to the mainstream. I would love to do a sequel to Silverado. Uh, it's one of my favorite okay. westerns, modern westerns. So, um, or even a retelling of um, High Plains Drifter with Clint Eastwood. Um, but okay. Um, okay. Yeah, but I mean, science fiction horror kind of every. I always gravitate back there. I'm not a drama guy. Um, I'm not really a romance guy, although those elements are in my stories. I really enjoy the ability to kind of work in that 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 sandbox of absolute fantasy, um, where you can mm-hmm. pretty much do whatever you want, and as long as you have some morsel of truth you can make it work absolutely like when i started i grew up on a west craven film so i was a very big uh, slasher fan kind of growing up and then i got into the spielbergs and that kind of stuff watching their films but i always got to go back to the classic slashers those are always my favorite kind of films so when you talked about being a whore and stuff like that it kind of brought me back to those kind of things too yeah and i grew up my, the first movie i ever saw science fiction wise was the thing from another world not the john carpenter but the original, um, mm-hmm. and that film, the dialogue was so authentic that I said, oh, my God, I felt like I'm in the room with them. And then, you know, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, the whole film, you know, at my age was, was terrifying. Then I saw The Forbidden Planet. Then I saw them and uh, started reading Isaac Asimov, started reading J.R. Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien, and it just, that just moved everything into that, that genre. And my uncle, Philip, who was a uh, uh, microbiologist, um, in New Jersey, he loved science fiction. He kind of got me into to show you how, how old it is back when beta was, was the big deal. Uh, so we used to watch those films on beta, if you can believe that, um, and wow. uh, just wow. loved it. And then I got into the cerebral horror, uh, movies like Seven, uh, movies like The Thing, the actual The Thing from John Carpenter. I, I wasn't a big slasher, but I liked the films that when you were done watching, it left you with kind of this eerie feeling. One of the greatest endings to this day uh, for me was the end of the original Planet of the Apes, where he's on the beach and he sees a statue and you realize they're on Earth. He makes that great comment that, you know, you blew it up. And it's just a great ending. Seven's another great ending where you just don't expect it. And it's it's, the true element of horror is horrifying you. Slasher flicks, they're scary, but they kind of reach a point of fantasy. But if you get a good Mm -hmm. cerebral horror would truly happen in real time and you're checking your doors and your windows because you're afraid it might happen uh that to me is is kind of the the, the win so i think the only horror slasher that i thought was really really good was saw because it had that very intricate plot intermingled yeah, within the, it the as well amazing. as being the slasher yeah yeah so but uh, i'm not dissing the original friday the 13th that was brilliant when it came out it it was a trendsetter the, the original halloween is still one of the greatest films ever made because it was made with zero budget, um, very little gore, scared the, the, the bejeebus out of you. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a lot of people think it's one of the goriest films. If you watch the film, it's not as gory as people think. It's more what yeah. you – it leaves your mind to figure out what's going on, and that's, that's, that's a win as a horror director. If you can make a that's person create part. scenes. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like those uh, films. I was watching it. Yeah, I was watching this YouTube video, um, and it was basically talking about how, like, the scariest part about a slasher or something is when, they, when you don't see very much, because then it leaves that up to your imagination, yep. which then means that could really mess with your own head. It's like, you could see, I could see somebody getting their throat cut, but if I see a camera shot behind somebody and you can just see blood spring on your neck, you can just, like, you could just think of, like, the worst things imaginable oh, happening yeah. to them at a that sound. time. Oh, yeah, sound. 
Yeah, if you, if you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example, there was, you know, the door closes and all of a sudden you hear the chainsaw, you hear the bone getting, getting tore up, the flesh, then your imagination begins to create the story beyond what you're seeing. The original blob was the same way. You didn't see a lot of people die, but you knew that blob was going to dissolve those people, and you, your mind kind of filled in the blanks, and, and that's where exactly. the real win is in horror. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Ron Rossman is our guest here. We've got about uh, nine minutes left, and uh, uh, we're, uh, you know who our next guest is. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about him when he's on. But uh, now, you have, uh, do you have uh, any current projects that you're, uh, that you're working on right now that uh, you might be looking for extras for or um, talent for? Oh, yeah. We actually, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Rob, Rob Kellum. We're working on two projects with Rob. Uh, one is uh, kind of in the vein of, of Svengali and Elvira. It's going to be kind of a horror uh, host show with a uh, comedic twist. And then we're also working on a, a, a series that we're going to be marketing Netflix, which I can't talk about too much, but um, it's, it, Rob is the star of it. And it's a really cool take. Think of um, Dark Side of the Ring meets Breaking Bad. It's that kind of combination, and we think it's going to be wow. a, real, a real. Yeah, it's going to be. A, Rob and I came up with it together. It's a it's a beautiful idea. Um, we we think we can shoot the pilot within a couple of uh, a weeks, uh, and then submit the scripts to a script manager and a, and, a, and a script agent, and get it out to Netflix. And I think they're going to pick it up. It's and again, it, it's it's out of my comfort zone. It's not sci-fi. It's not horror. But working with Rob and being able to kind of create this this world with him has been very exciting. So uh, I'll get my fix on the horror side with his horror host show. But uh, I love writing comedy. Um, I do believe that dying is easy. Comedy is hard. Uh, comedy is the most difficult thing to, to, to write and produce because it's, so, it's such a challenge to, to, to amuse everybody. Um, and I have a very dark sense of humor that doesn't amuse a lot of people. So um, trying to write something that is funny but, you know, and, and topical and uh, something that is not only topical but also doesn't become dated is, is a challenge. But I, I really like the idea we're coming up with this horror host show, and, and we're going to do six episodes, and we're going to market it to the streaming services, and I, I think it's going to do really well. Rob plays, of course, the main character, this kind of uh, you know, warped warlock who's trying to take over the world. It's, it's pretty <laughs> – the, the more we talk about it, the more we laugh. So hopefully everybody will I share that laughter. Love, I always love his Strozone Friday night. Uh, you know things that he posts on Facebook and stuff, because he's always bringing Dorothy out with him. Yeah, <laughs> Dorothy. I mean, you know, you know, he he's got that hood, up, you know, that cape up, you know, and like I said, that voice is so eerie, and, he, and he's got the perfect voice for something like that, anyways, you know. Yeah. And I just Dorothy is just you know, and this is Dorothy. <laughs> I She'll be prevalent. I remember him telling a funny story about Dorothy. He was coming home from a wrestling show somewhere. I don't know who all he was with. I just remember him telling bits and pieces about it. But this car kept, like, cutting in and out. I mean, you know, just driving really crazy. And and all of a sudden, you know, Dorothy's just up by the window, you know, that doll's up by the window. And I guess I guess Dorothy just freaked out that driver just like, you know, just, I mean, because Rob is crazy anyways, and, you know, but, you know, but Dorothy is just like, you know, like, like, it's, it's like he said, it's like she's pressed up against the window and like the hands up against the window, like she's waving at somebody, you know. <laughs> I mean, 
Dorothy's she'll be a predominant part of the show. Yeah, she'll be. She'll actually have a sister in the show too. We're introducing Dorothy's sister. And uh, going back to his voice, I meant to mention this earlier. I always feel like it's Barry White. If Barry White and Darth Vader had a baby, that's Rob Kellum's voice. Kind of has that mm-hmm. tone to it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, would yep. you be able to? Yep. Would you be able to hook us up with Rob and have him on the show with us? I certainly can ask him. Uh, Rob's always open to do, especially if if Granny Holkster's on there. I'm sure he's be, he'd be willing well, to do it. So I'll reach out to him. Hey, and Icon, I've mentioned to Rob about being on our show too. So you know, I've already you know. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, if he know because if he knows that I might, you know, he might be very willing to help us out because Rob's absolutely amazing. So he's got and some great stories. Interesting, you know, Rob. Uh, Rob's birthday is January 26th. Mine is January 27th. Uh, so we're both uh, Aquariuses, and I think we get along well. Of course, when he wrestled, he was known as the Maestro, and uh, he, uh, uh, he he is well-known in the wrestling business. But, yeah, if you could hook us up with him, uh, I believe you have my phone number. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, you can pass it on to him, or uh, if you can have him send me a message on Facebook, whatever it works. Uh, we'll take care of that. Uh, Ronald Rossman is our guest here. And uh, a couple things here, because uh, our fans knew this was coming. Uh, and I'll understand if you turn me down for this, but uh, do you think you might be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways, Ron? Oh, yeah. I'll send you a couple of movie posters with some autographs on. I'll see if Rob can autograph some. I know Chuck will. Um, so uh, I can definitely do that. We have, um, I, I'll see what I have currently signed. Um, and get it to you. If not, I'll get you some stuff by February because we have another con on February 11th that will have a couple okay. of people there. Um, and I'll try to get you a couple shirts as well. Sure. And then if you go to our Facebook page, Author Ropes, you like that, you go to Ken's F, uh, 89.1 FM page on uh, Facebook like that, do a $10 a month donation. We'll get you automatically qualified to win one of those autographs. And uh, one thing i got to ask, Ron, because our fans knew this was coming. Uh, now, I would love to... Uh, uh, have you hire me for one of your upcoming projects now not only uh am i do i got great talent as i tell myself every day when i look in the mirror but uh (laughs) i i I can do anything i'll I'll get your cappuccino i'll carry your bags uh i'll shine your shoes uh i'll press your pants uh just to just just to get on uh just to do uh a a guest uh spot on one of your projects i'll do anything to make that happen yeah, sure. I would love to have you. Uh, when we start uh, cracking out this, this new series with Rob, um, I'm sure love to have you out there as, uh, as a guest uh, and uh, as part of the cast. So we could always use a, an announcer character in the, uh, in the show. So uh, definitely we'll reach out to you about that. So I appreciate you asking. Him with a steel chair. Then I'm okay <laughs> sure. We can make that happen. We can make that happen. Excellent. All you got to do is sign a release and you're good to go. Cool. Right, and the the only thing I ask, uh, like I say, if uh, if it's if it's successful, you got you can pay me after that. If not, all I request is a a, a, um, a good comfy couch to lay my head on, and a couple hot dogs, and uh, let me take care of all your, let me go get your iced tea and all that other stuff, <laughs> and I will uh, uh, I'll I'll be good to go to come out there for you. That sounds like a good deal. So that sounds like a good deal. All right, uh, Ron Rossman is our guest here. We only got a few minutes left with uh, Ron. So, uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, um, a uh, I'm going to hire Icon page. What do you got? Okay, so if you want to check out my books, uh, it's on Amazon. The first book is called uh, The Lost Road to Hope: uh, Don't Survive, Live. 
That's on um, on Amazon. It's like an H.P. Lovecraft story. Uh, and then also have The Crux, Darkness Will Fall on Amazon. That's kind of like The Avengers Meet Doctor Who. So you can check those out. Uh, the Dust Series is on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash or forward slash Dusk Series uh, on Facebook. And then The Devil's Daughter is on Facebook, uh, Real Devil's Daughter on Facebook. And it's Real Devil's Daughter. Make sure you do it that way. Uh, when you go to the Facebook site, the links to uh, the uh, YouTube uh, the, the movie on YouTube is there. And then if you want to check us out on Fire TV, you can watch the Dust series, and you can watch uh, Devil's Order on, um, on Amazon. It's through Dominus TV. It's an app on Firestrick. It's called Dominus TV. Just download that app for free, and you can watch uh, our programming and a lot more programming uh, on there. It's a very exciting new channel, and we're excited to be part of it. And uh, I will mention that my wife is a big fan of the Dust series. She loves Oh, that's it. awesome. Thank you. That's phenomenal. Thank you. We're at, we've, got some, we've got some big things planned for that, so tell her to hang on tight because we've got some big announcements coming up soon. As a matter of fact, I know she's listening because uh, she has a – and uh, I'll make this real quick because uh, I know you've got to go, and I do appreciate it. We would love to have you on again, and if you can definitely uh, hook us up with Rob, that would be awesome. But uh, she has a, uh, uh, one of those clock radios uh, in the bedroom there, and what I did was I set the radio station to 89.1 Ken's FM, and I broke the knob. So she can only hear this station and hear my show on Monday nights when she turns it on. Very smart. Uh, and I know she's listening right now. So, uh, and like I say, she loves the Dusk series. And uh, one of the autographs you sent, I'm going to give it to her as a gift. Uh, so it'll, if I'm ever in the doghouse, I'll say, hey, you know, uh, you know that Dusk series? Uh, here's an autograph from Ron Rossman. That will get me out of the doghouse, and I won't have to worry about eating fish sticks for another week. <laughs> Very good. Any way I can help. Any way I can help. All right. Thanks, Ron. You're awesome. We'll definitely have you back on thanks, again. Ron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Ron Lawson, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like our uh, next guest is waiting in the wings here. Uh, we'll uh, go to him in just a little bit, but first we've got to uh, hear from one of our sponsors. We'll be back here in about 60 seconds. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public Radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember... Independence has a cost, and it's as little as $10 a month. And, uh, yes, we do want you to go ahead and uh, spend that $10 a month. I mean, that's less than uh, uh, a cup of cappuccino at uh, your local uh, coffee establishment. Uh, so let's, uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, you want to keep Ken's FM on the air, do that $10 a month donation. I know that he would appreciate that. And uh, waiting the wings right now. Uh, our next guest, he's stepping out of the green room and he's walking down the aisle. 
He is the Hall of Famer himself, ladies and gentlemen, and he is the man, the myth, the legend. He is the ring god himself. He is Chuck Sloan. Hey, this is Chuck Sloan on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swinging, Granny Hawks. How are, how are you, Chuck? Good to have you. Well, I'm doing better than most people, just to be honest with you. And, uh, and we're, we're glad you can uh, join us tonight. It sounds like you may have a little phone interference, but we'll, uh, we'll forge through that. Uh, but uh, before we start the interview here, if you want to um, give us a little quick little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, have fun with the interview. Well, I was a professional wrestler for about 31 years. Uh, I worked for uh, Larry Sharp at the uh, Munster Factory as his head trainer. I've uh, helped guys along the way, like the Big Show, Cliff Compton, and a few other guys I worked with. Uh, very privileged to, to actually uh, be put in that role. My intro And uh, uh, I, I don't know if, uh, if you're in a uh, uh, a bad uh, reception area or whatever, but we'll, like I say, we'll fight through this. Uh, Chuck Holmes, our guest here. We got um, well, we got about uh, 36 minutes here with Chuck. So uh, we just had a, a friend of yours on here with us, uh, uh, Ron Rossman. I know you know who that is. Yeah, I know. I know Ron. I met Ron about four years ago at a comic con through uh, my friend and my manager, Greg Bo Watson. And uh, you know, you uh we mentioned that uh you were uh class of uh, two thousand seventeen for the WWE. Now kinda of tell us uh when you were well, in that that that's uh that's just somebody joke put up there. I'm not the WWE but you know, I mean I, I you know, that was just somebody's uh joke that they ran. I'm, I'm sorry that that you were just playing. Um uh, uh, Chuck, just so you know, we we can uh, we can barely hear you. There is a little uh, issue with uh, our connection with uh, your phone. I don't know if it's uh, yeah, I don't know what that I is. I don't. Well, actually, I'm I'm setting up my car because uh, you know I got dogs. Okay. Switching over. Can you hear well, me better well, now? Yes, that's much better. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, Chuck Jones, our guest here. We got about thirty-five minutes now. When you uh, when you wrestled in the uh, the WWE, you mentioned that. Um, um, I'm sorry. All right, go ahead, sir. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you've uh, you've helped a lot of uh, wrestlers on the way, like the Big Show. What was it like when you first met the Big Show? I'm kind of curious. Well, you know, the first thing that you do is when you look at a guy that size, you know that he's going to make money. Okay. And uh, the thing is, is you got to get them up to the point. And when you're dealing with someone that big, are they going to have a career or are they just going to be a flash in the pan? And, you know, it's all about the grooming process. And in wrestling, it's uh, getting them to the right people that can see them. And uh, when you, uh, you know, and you mentioned that, uh, uh I'm assuming that the reason why he uh, was a such a success in the business that he was is because of uh, your expert tutelage. 
Well, um, as much as I'd like to take credit for that, I mean, just to call it what it is, and uh, the man, he, he's got freakish size. He's a legitimate seven-footer. Back when he broke in in, what was it, 95, 96, mm-hmm. you know, he had the look. And in mainstream wrestling, it's all about your look and your talent will you know, your talent's only going to take you so far in professional wrestling. And it's well, about your look and the way that you conduct yourself and who likes you and who doesn't. Well, you know, and you also have to have, uh, as uh, our, our co-host will ask you in a little while, you know, you have to have the, you know, you have to have charisma. And you have, I mean, you have to have talent, yes, but it's usually the charisma that takes you a long way. Uh, we have uh, Chuck Jones, our guest here. we got about 30 min- uh, 33 uh, minutes here. Uh, I do want to introduce you to my first co-host, uh, Granny Hulkster. Now, I know she's a big fan of yours, and uh, we're going to let her ask a few questions. Granny, what do you have for our guest, the legend, Chuck Salone? Well, I am a big wrestling fan. I mean, I I have been for years, and I, and I especially like the indie shows because I get to interact with the wrestlers, and that's really fun for me because... I don't like the bad guys. I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels when I have to. But, well, we wouldn't get uh, along. Oh, we wouldn't get along? No, no. Well, I mean, that's that was that was my bread and butter. I went there, and my job was to make you mad and make you come back. Well, that'd be okay because I'd, ha- I'd have fun playing with you, so that, that would be fun for me. So we might get along, you know. <laughs> it, might be, it might be fun, so... So when when you wrestled, what was your one of your most challenging matches you had, and who was your opponent? Well, my most challenging match was Jimmy Snuka. Ah. And the reason why is, you know, right, I'm almost 56 years old. And Jimmy Snuka, I grew up watching him, okay? I've been a wrestling fan since... I was probably five years old. And when you walk down that aisle and you step in the ring and you're waiting on your childhood hero to step in that ring, it is, it's a feeling that I honestly didn't believe that I belonged in the ring, but I was young in the business. I was in there for about six years and wrestling Jimmy Snuka, you know, the guy was a, he was a wrestling guy to me, so I didn't give everything I had because I was intimidated. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, Chuck Clones, our guest here. We have uh, we have thirty minutes now. Uh, you know, like a, you know, I, I know that you were a heel wrestler. I, I I didn't I didn't mention it because I knew that uh, Granny would say something, and uh, I didn't want to. Uh, have the chance to uh, not have you want to talk to her because she doesn't like the heels, but we, we do love you, Chuck. And I know you mentioned your age and uh, to us, you don't look a day over 25. So you're good there. Uh, I, I do want to bring uh, on our next guest, uh, our co-host uh, it's Matthias and he's a heel wrestler. So you guys would get along good as a tag team, but uh, uh, what do you have for our guests there, Matthias? We have uh, 30 minutes. Go ahead. Well, uh, first off, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show. It's it's uh, really awesome to get to talk to a fellow uh, heel wrestler. Um, as Granny kind of mentioned that one of your favorite opponents, uh, like you said, one of your most challenging opponents was Jimmy Snuka. 
my kind of question is if you could wrestle any if you, if you think you could put on a great match even like even today or even back when you were younger if you could take on anybody from the current era let's say from uh from the attitude era on up uh who would you be most willing to take on like what kind of match that kind of thing what kind of match do you think would be uh put on quite well with the person of the current eras well you know i'm going to be honest with you I would like to wrestle Scrow. Okay. Wow. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I'd like to wrestle Scrow. That would the be Mike awesome. Scrow himself. That would be okay, awesome. Okay, I mean, and see, the thing is, is like, younger people, they want these fantasy matches. As mm-hmm. a wrestler, I love to wrestle, but I just wanted to draw money. And yeah. you got to work with guys that you can draw money to keep the fans coming back. And even if you're independent, you want to wrestle guys that people <clears throat> have interest in so they keep coming back to keep the promotion alive. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, go ahead, sorry. To answer your question, I trained with Steve Austin down in um, – world-class championship wrestling during, you know, at Chris Adams uh, wrestling school. That was the first wrestling school that I went to. I wouldn't mind giving a, you know, giving a try there at old Steve myself. Yeah, I think that would be pretty interesting. That would be a decent match, I would say. But as you kind of mentioned, it's kind of who you work with that draws money and stuff. The one thing I like about being the heel, as you kind of mentioned, like we wouldn't get along with Granny. The one thing I really enjoy is I'm kind of a, I, don't, I, I could go out there, as I always say, and I could perform a five-star classic match with anybody because, I'm, I, in my opinion, I'm good at listening to my um, higher-up when I'm in the ring, my veteran, as I would say, and I can sell really well as according to all my other opponents, but I don't care who I wrestle. I don't care what kind of match I have. All I care about is when I walk out that, off that curtain, out of that curtain, in that curtain, whatever, and the crowd reacts because if you don't have the crowd, you don't got the setup, you don't got the show, and you don't get the money. Well, you're exactly right, and um, like um, I'm an old school guy, you know. And let me let me ask y'all a question: do you, Do y'all know what the main event is on a wrestling card? I uh, usually the, usually the last match. Usually, that's usually I would say no, it's the sir. last match. But I say it's the one that gets the crowd the most. You're exactly right. It's the one that yep. the fans go home and remember. And yep. I've always wanted wanted be, to be that guy, no matter who was on the show. Yeah, I could I could perform. Like, I've been, and I'm not trying to break myself up, but, of course, I am a heel, so, of course, I'm going to do that. I would go to a show, and just these past two shows I had with a wrestling company, the EWI, I went out and I won the Diamond title, and I competed in four out of the six matches we had, and then I went to another show that same, the next night, and they said, like, you are my favorite wrestler, and I was the second match of the night. We're like, you are my favorite match, you are my favorite star, this, that, this, that. Like, that, that's just what I, I – I don't care whatever match I'm in. I just want to get the crowd the most out of any guy because then they come back to see me. And that keeps you booked. Exactly. Gets you places. Well, another huh? good point, too, is uh, the fans can either make a wrestling show or they can break a wrestling show. 
Well, I usually hang that on the promoter. The promoter or the matchmaker. (laughs) True. They're the ones that make or break a show. True. True. You're Uh, right there. That's true. Uh, Chuck Holmes, our guest here, and we have about uh, 25 minutes. I just wish it was 25 more years because we do have a lot of questions for you. Now, when you wrestled uh, in the uh, in the WWF at the time, uh, who was your first match against? Uh, uh, well, the Heavenly Bodies. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Tom Pritchard and... Jimmy Del Rey with Jim Cornette. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, did, did, Jimmy. Did, did you get hit with a, a, a tennis racket or uh, after the match, did he take you out for a, a cheeseburger, double mayo, double onion? Uh, uh, did he do that? <laughs> no, no, not not at all, man. I mean, when you're up there, you know, you're you're up there to, to do your job. And you got to, like the Rock says, you got to know your role, but, the thing is, is with me is, um, you know, for the WWA, I became their uh, their junior heavyweight champion, and I was recognized in, like, magazines and stuff like that. And to go up there and hold somebody's title and do jobs, I thought that I was disrespecting the title and the promotion that was paying me. Why is that? Well, if you're losing on TV but winning, you know, then it's not, and you're getting coverage. It's it's not a it's not a fair deal. And you want to position yourself to where you can get better matches. Because I wrestled like King Kong Bundy. I, I would wrestle him and have matches with him on the independents. But if I went to the WWF back in the day. I wouldn't be allowed to have the same matches. Does that make sense? Right. Because it's uh, it's more uh, it's more uh, it's more I guess of a, a show type than it is uh, what they would say at, you know uh, wrestling promotion. Correct. Well, back in the day when you did television, you know they used to call it a. Uh, Oh, uh, I forget, Meet TV. You're there to get the star over. It's his four or five minutes, and it's for him to uh, display his persona and his talents. So, you know, if you get to reverse something, it's only to set you up for something that he wants to do. Yeah. Now, uh, are you, um, you know, we usually don't... uh, we usually don't talk about the the current product, but uh, uh, do you uh, do you follow the current product at all? Uh, no, sir. I mean, I read about it and stuff like that, but because of my age and the era that I wrestled, and I know that you call yourself the Attitude Era, and that was a great era of wrestling, but I feel that they did so much during that time that after it was done it left fans with a void, and that's why so many people don't enjoy mainstream wrestling today and the ratings are low. Right, exactly. And, you know, the the thing is, uh, the name of our show is Attitude Are Live, but, of course, you know, we branched out to uh, have, you know, 
Uh, real quick here, uh, we actually started the show uh, five years ago uh, to come on and talk about how bad the product was. And, uh, you know, that was uh, that was fun for about two weeks until I realized that, you know, I could get guests, I can get some theme song, I can do all this to where we're uh, – to where we've grown to where we are today, and we have great guests like uh, the, the legend uh, Chuck Sloan. But uh, with the uh, back in your day, uh, when you were wrestling for the WWE, uh, WWF at the time, what do you think has changed from that time to now? The straight up the boys, the character, the the whole setup. Um, it, it's changed because Monday Night Wars was probably the most exciting thing they ever did. But they had to change the format of professional wrestling. Because back in the day, you didn't, you didn't see the confrontations in the matches that you see today. You had to wait and buy tickets to physically go see them. And that changed the format. So you're pretty much, by today's standards, is you're giving the fans too much too soon by having guys wrestle each other on TV all the time, and you're, they're not telling a story. Their characters aren't... Like, when I'm in character, if I'm going to wrestle somebody, I want you to believe that I got real heat with that guy. And they don't do that today because they do their scripts. Their, and people know it's scripted. It's not heartfelt, and that's what's changed. If uh, If you were to start your own promotion... Um, what would uh, be the one thing that you'd like to do uh, that uh, they're not doing today besides what you just mentioned? Bring wrestling back. Make it more about wrestling than, you know, storylines. Than entertainment. Yeah, I would, I would make it more about wrestling, but you got to understand, you know, I grew up in the South, and traditionally the NWA, they've wanted had longer matches that were based more on wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, in your um, in your uh, tenure in the business, uh, what would you say, uh, and I'm sure you've had many, uh, but what would you say was the biggest highlight of your career when you were uh, in the ring? Uh, probably the, the first time I, I, I won the, the junior heavyweight champion, Chip was probably the highlight of, it's like your reward, you know, it's like, you know, someone noticed me. And that's, you know, like, you had Ron on, like, holding that title, that's like your Academy Award, that's your Emmy, that's what you get for your hard work. And uh, we have uh, Chuck Sloan as our guest here, and uh, we have uh, about uh, 19 minutes here uh, before our uh, final bell goes off here. Now, uh, let's kind of talk about uh, uh, your current uh, projects, what, uh, what you're doing now. Kind of take us through what, uh, what your day-to-day life is right now and what, you're, uh, what you've been keeping busy with. Well, uh, Ron's been keeping me busy with, uh, with the movie, but that's over, and, you know, I, I got me a regular shoot job. That keeps me pretty busy, and it, it keeps me in shape. So um, I'm fortunate to have that, uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to doing uh, more more uh, stuff with Ron Rossman. The, the Comic-Cons are fun because, I, you know, it keeps me active, and 
and uh, you know, I I would like to go back and uh, and try wrestling, you know, one more time at at my age. And uh, but I just don't think it it's fair to these kids to, you know, have to be in the ring with a guy my age with all my experience. Well, you know, uh, we know that uh, you know you mentioned how old you are, but. Uh, the AGR is basically the new 25 in the wrestling ring, but uh, we have uh, we're gonna we gotta take a quick little time out here, uh, and then we'll uh, be back to wrap up the interview. Uh, we'll be back in about 30 seconds. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North interchange, is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And we're back here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and once again, you go to our Facebook page, off the ropes, you like that. You go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, you like that. Uh, do a $10 a month donation to Ken's FM to keep us going. Uh, on the station here, the power of the shower, uh, we'll get you automatically qualified. And I know that uh, Chuck would be willing to send us a few autographs, I hope. Uh, but, uh, Chuck, uh, Matthias has a couple more questions for you. And uh, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to kind of reiterate when he was talking about, like, the championship being – your Academy Award, your everything you're working hard for. I just wanted to ask you really quickly. I I am the current uh, Elite Wrestling Initiative Diamond Champion, and I got a lot of flack um, from a lot of people, from a few people uh, throughout promotions, saying like I shouldn't be talking about wanting to win a championship or and stuff like that. I just want your quick opinion. Back when you were wrestling, did you care if you uh, held the title belt? Like if you were ever you ever received the title belt? Or would you just go, like, I don't care if I have a title, I just want to go out there and wrestle? Well, I was kind of, like, in a unique position. I was the champion for 28 months. And okay. And I, I really, at the end, I, I tried to give it away. But yeah, I was in a unique position. I was the head trainer for the Munster Factory. Mm-hmm. So for me to be the head trainer... It was good advertisement to put the to put the title on me, but yeah, the difference is is as you get as you get older in your wrestling years, everybody wants that last match when you get older, you want to be the first guy out and done, yeah, so you can pack I've your bag and too. go home, yeah, you know, but you don't you know. The fans, you know, it's the same with the main event. The fans, they pick their champions, and it doesn't matter if you have a belt or not. And, you know, it's funner for a face to, to uh, it's better for the fans for a, for a face to chase a title than, it, than you know, it is for a heel to have one. Have one. Yeah. Because, like, I was going to mention, I um, – I, I, like I said, I am the current Elite Wrestling Initiative Diamond Champion, and I got flack for talking about, like, trying to build a storyline in regards to me winning a title. And they said, well, and I told them straight up, I'm like, well, here's the thing. If you're in the wrestling business and you don't have the initiative or the want or even, 
remotely talking about possibly getting put up in the position. Like, to me, a title belt is a prop. But it is shown, in my opinion, that the, the, the promotion and the owner of that promotion, they want to see you as one of their top guys. I just wasn't – I just really was – I was really confused about getting flack for wanting to hold the belt. But I could see where you're coming from as well. I, I, I couldn't care less, but I mentioned it. Cause I got and I got the flag for it, so I was kind of confused. Well, I'll be honest with you, you should you should care, because mm-hmm. you're representing the company with a title, and that means that someone's invested not only their time but their money in you to draw. Exactly. So you should care. <laughs> and I, I and I even mentioned I'm like, well, we could set this so like, and it could build all this stuff because. I was kind of tired of doing the same old, same old. I'm like, well, if I take it, then I can set up new stuff for everybody else. Like, I'm just trying to promote and make it the company different and make promotions better and stuff like that. And I'm just trying to get it promoted and stuff in that way, too. So that's what I was curious about. Yeah, I mean, Uh, go ahead. I don't want to take up radio time, but if you want to contact me privately, I'll I'll help you and tell you how to set up to make yourself successful with that am i uh can i uh pass his number pass your number to him uh sure perfect. all right perfect that'd be great thank you i appreciate that and i and i know what uh <laughs> i know what our listeners are saying too it's like chuck you gave the icon your phone number uh look i promise i won't uh call you at two in the morning again uh i do apologize for that uh but uh you know, we've talked about this many times on the show that time zones are not my strong suit, and uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm working on that. Well, one thing I, would do, I do want to ask you, Chuck, is, you know, you mentioned that uh, Ron Wasserman has been keeping you busy. Can you kind of uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the projects you're doing with Ron? Well, uh, I'm going to be part of the uh, Spengoli thing with, uh, with, uh, with Rob Kellum, and Rob is a great guy, okay? I just want to tell you that uh he he's the best all right and uh i i really i admire the guy i think he's a great person and i'm looking forward to do that i can't give you any information on it but it was basically based on me uh talking to my manager and i um i got some guy's name wrong so they wanted to run with a character with that and i'm cool with that you know i mean i'm no good with names and uh, well, you the know, other project that's going to Netflix, so I'm a part of that also. And uh, when you uh, when when uh, you uh, when you first met Ron, did uh, uh, did you? Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Did uh, did you gravitate towards Ron, or did Ron gravitate towards you? Well, I met him at a comic con, and uh, Regal Watson's son Brett. Russell's and we were like a, a little uh, fraction there of a team and uh, I never been to a comic-con and uh, prior to that I always thought that they were like just a bunch of weirdos and nerds that went to comic-cons and I went up there <laughs> just because I got invited and I was looking around and I was like to myself why am I here and they really all of them turned out to everyone that I associate with you know they're they're cool people, you know, and they just have a passion for what they do. And, you know, they're they're great people, so I started forming friendships. But I'm telling you, 25 years ago, I wouldn't have been caught in that building dead. 
because, well, you know, uh, you know uh, I'm worried. About... Go ahead, sir. Well, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, a Comic-Con. Um, uh, you know, I've always I've always associated, I, I have the same thought as you. I always thought that Comic-Con was a bunch of guys dressed up like uh, Star Trekkies and, you know, putting the, the, the fingers up and, you know, uh, speaking in Klingonese or, uh, you know, carrying their lightsabers around and stuff like that. But you found out uh, as as well as I did that uh, not all comic cons are like that. They want you because you're a celebrity, right? Yeah, and like when they, like, I'm a wrestler. That's that's really what my trade is. I, I am a professional wrestler, and I like characters. You know, I like hanging out with characters. I mean. When I was on the road, I was with Balls Mahoney. That 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 was the guy I traveled with, a great character. I loved him. He 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 was a great guy, and you know I gravitate to people that are, are characters. And part of the reason is is my great grandmother used to be an aerial acrobat in a circus. I just love characters. You know I don't like boring people. Mm-hmm. Which is why you're on this show now, because the icon is definitely not boring. Well. No, and if he was, I would have hung up. <laughs> or when I call you at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, so, uh, kind of uh, Chuck, kind of tell us uh, what um, what uh, your schedule's like uh, in the, the next uh, the next couple of months. You got any more comic cons that you're going to, or uh, are you just going to be doing the Spinagoli thing? Well. Uh... February 12th is the next Comic-Con, and, uh, you know, everything now is based on the, you know, on on the COVID. I mean, are they going to shut the world down again? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I got things coming up. Uh, I also want to do a little bit of my own dabbling in the direction and being a director. I would like to do a, uh, a documentary on Comic-Con and try to expose or give my my friends exposure for what they do because they're very talented. They're incredible people. I mean, all jokes aside, you know, these people, they have a, they're talented. And I'm telling you, if you ever seen Ron Rossman as Batman, that guy, when he puts on that costume or suit, he is Batman. And the people, they, they gravitate to him. Yeah, and uh, they uh, they actually call that I believe they call that cosplay. And for those of you who don't know, uh, just to educate our listeners here, a Comic Con offers features a variety of events, noble panels with entertainment industry professionals, including artists, writers, actors, and directors. Fans who attend Comic Cons also often participate in cosplay, which is dressing up in their favorite fictional fictional characters. Now I'm kind of curious: has anybody ever dressed up like you in one of these? Uh, no. Okay. No, not not, I mean, not at all. That would be kind of a cool honor, though, wouldn't it be? It's like, well, a guy comes up and says, hey, you know who I am? I'm dressed as you. <laughs> uh, maybe you can ask Stro that when you have him on the show. But no, no, I mean, you know, I was an old school wrestler. I I went there. I did my I did my job. I stayed away from fans. If I was approached by him, I, 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 you know, I would be mean to him and, and leave. 
So all this dealing with people in a, in large crowds on like a more hey how you doing that's 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 new territory to me. Well, let me ask you this. You know, you mentioned that you know you ignored them and walked away from them. Do you regret doing that, or uh, are you? Was that just the way your character was? No, I, I don't regret it because that that was my job. I mean, the one thing that really makes me like. If you ever been to an independent show and when you see a man walk in with his wife and kids and he's a heel, you know, right. it just don't look right. I never took my, I've been married for almost 26 years and my daughter's almost 21. My daughter went to two wrestling shows. She went to a church show and uh, she went to another, sh- to, to one other show. And my wife has only been to a few because I just, you know, my back in the day, my character was my character, and you can't do the things I did and have a family. It's just not acceptable, and it takes away from your character. You know, and the you know the thing is, you talk about uh, you know uh, independent shows. Uh, you know, of course, uh, Matthias. You know, he's been to a lot of them, and. Uh, He's actually one of the the more popular guys. I'm not just saying it because you're here, but it's true. I mean, he's so popular, people actually stole jewelry from him from the ring. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, uh, when you're at an independent show, what, what's kind of changed is, like, uh, the way most independent wrestlers make their money nowadays is at the merch table, you know, selling autographs, selling shirts and everything. Back in the day, you never see the heel selling merchandise because you were a heel you were supposed to not be liked which you know and you, you hear guys like Arn Anderson talk about that back when he first started out that you know you're not going to see a heel sit at the merch table uh, and sell his merchandise because no one wants to talk to a heel but what's uh, really kind of changed in the independent market now is uh, you do see heel wrestlers uh, sell their stuff at the merch table you know uh, do you think that's a uh, a good thing nowadays, or is that uh, breaking kayfabe, would you say? Well, kayfabe is dead, and I I think it's a bad thing, okay? Because sure. to me, like, it, wrestling's, wrestling's changed so much. I mean, back in the 90s, in the early 90s, when very few people ran wrestling shows, you could pack anywhere between 350 to 1,000 people in a venue. And you were making pretty good money, even on the bottom. And nowadays you go, you're lucky if you've got 50, 50 to 60 people there. And if you drew over 100, then you had a successful night. You know, it's someone just opened up the floodgates and... When a lot of states did away with an athletic commission, they really, um, they really uh, left wrestling to a lot of people that should have bought tickets, and that's how I feel. Well, you know, and uh, you know, I'm with you on that, and uh, you know, uh, I'm actually glad that you you shared that, and uh, you know, like I say, wrestling has changed a lot from uh, you know back in the '90s, like you said, to what they are today. And unfortunately, in my opinion, the product uh, is lacking a lot. And I don't think uh, it's not about wrestling anymore. Like you stated earlier, it's more about a story. 
which is, you know, which is just not what I tune into wrestling for, which is why um, I'd rather uh, come and talk to wrestlers about the past than about what they're doing now. Uh, but speaking of uh, that, we we have uh, Chuck Jones, our guest here. we got about uh, two minutes left. If our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I got a Facebook page, and uh, it's just uh, Chuck Sloan. They can, you know, uh, check it out. And I, and I, in closing, I want to tell you, I, it's an honor. It was a privilege to be on your show. I know I did a little heel work there, and uh, but thank you. I'm very honored to be on your show. I enjoyed it, and I hope that you enjoyed having me as a guest. And we did. And there's one thing I do want to put out there, Chuck. You know, you mentioned that you want to get into the uh, directing realm. I want to put this out for you like I do, uh, like our fans knew was coming. Uh, any project that you do that you need an extra on or someone that can uh, be an entertaining on the set or uh, get your cappuccino or shine your shoes or uh, carry your bags or whatever, uh, you have my number. Uh, I have your number. I would like to do anything to come work for you and uh, help you out with any project you got. And that would be greatly appreciated, and thank you. I mean, I I enjoyed tonight, and I hope your listeners enjoyed it more than we did because they're the ones that, you know, they're the ones that support you, that keep your show going. Right. And I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, Chuck. And uh, if we didn't scare you away too much, we'd uh, definitely love to have you back on again. Thank you, sir, and it would be a privilege to come back. Thanks, Chuck. Be safe, buddy. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you. All right. Chuck Sloan, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and, uh, hey, our first show of 2022. And, uh, man, uh, we have a big show next week. Uh, so you want to be uh, keeping an eye on our Off the Road page and on uh, Ken's FM page. And uh, hopefully, uh, I know that uh, Matthias is usually busy on Monday nights, but uh, maybe you can uh, come back and uh, join us again, maybe make this a regular thing if your Mondays aren't booked up. Well, actually, that's the uh, great thing. My Mondays are always free. Now that I have a day job, I can uh, come on the show whenever you want me to. I'm always, I'm always free Monday nights. Well, uh, what do you? Uh, well, let's ask this now. Uh, you want to be uh, as many nights as you can on Monday nights. Uh, you want to uh, be a co-host with us and yeah. keep coming back. Absolutely, I'm more than happy to do that. All right, and then I'll tell you what. And we're gonna uh, next week. We're gonna talk about trying to get your spinner back. Whoever's got that, uh, we're gonna work on trying to get that back. But uh, until that, uh, until next week, uh, I want everybody to be safe, uh, love each other. Uh, tell your family and your friends and everybody that you love them. Uh, we all know that uh, uh, tomorrow's a new day. Uh, unfortunately, here in North Dakota, it's not going to be a warmer day. But, uh, you know, uh, next week we'll have Matthias back. We'll have Granny Hulkster back. And uh, uh, we'll be talking hopefully about another uh, championship for the NDC Buys on Monday night. And we'll talk about uh, Matthias's lost spinner. And uh, we'll talk more about... Uh, uh, Granny's uh, Kansas City Chiefs and uh, how much she loves the Raiders. Touchdown Raiders! Never. Never. Uh, <laughs> until ever, until then, everybody, uh, be uh, be safe. Uh, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all next week.
You think you know me. Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. So you're hungry, and you're thinking about someplace to eat.